Frustrated with toxic people, they can't see how much they hurt me. I just want this chaos to cease. Here's your host, Dr. Shayla, my source for how to live a life of peace. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity. Welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them. It's about changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. This is episode 39, Controlling Parents Webinar. Now, this is a webinar that I held um, at the time of this recording. It's been about a month, maybe a little bit more than that. So I'm just going to play it for this episode. So enjoy. All right, everyone. Thank you for attending this webinar, Dealing with Controlling Parents. Now, this was originally supposed to be a live event from YouTube. Unfortunately, things didn't go the way I wanted to. So this is a pre-recorded webinar, but hopefully in the future I can have that interaction. So if you all have questions, then you can send it to me. All right. Now, those of you who came to me for my podcast, you've heard me. You know how I roll. I like to get to the point and respect your time. So here we go. What you will learn in this webinar. Three things I want to focus on. Why do controlling parents do what they do? 11 ways that parents control you and how to counter it and your best defense. Now, I believe it was episode 35 from the podcast where I actually talked a lot about this already, but specifically I touched on this, but I didn't get too much into it. The way that parents control you. Now I'm not picking on parents. Okay. Because There are some children who are toxic, but I'm specifically talking about controlling parents who are that way to their adult children. It's the child has become the adult, but the relationship has not matured. It's still in its infancy and parents are still treating their child like they're four instead of 40 or 50. Okay. So why are they like that? Now, if you heard the podcast, I talked about two things. A lot of this can come from some trauma. Someone told me, have you ever considered that controlling parents might have some trauma? And I said, no doubt about it. And what they're doing, they're overcompensating by trying to control their child's life. They can operate out of fear. Some parents, you know, it's, it's, you have parents that genuinely do love their children and they're afraid that their child can die. They're afraid, they're afraid that their child could get into some trouble, which is true of everyone. And again, they overcompensate somehow in their heart of hearts. They don't think their child is capable of living his or her life. We're talking about a 26, 36, 46, 56 year old adult. Okay. And then there are some people who just really quite frankly, have no business having children that they never got themselves together. And so they're controlling to the point of being abusive. All right. So let's start with the 11 ways. Number one, I kind of touched on some of this in my podcast, but the argumentum at Hahnemann, this is when they attack you. Okay. Now, some of these ways are logical fallacies and at Hahnemann means attack to the man, which means you're attacking the person rather than the issue at hand. So, the parent might say, you're no good. Why did I ever have you? And again, that's kind of emotional abuse right there, but the finger is always pointed at you. There's just nothing good enough for them. And so if you encounter that, here's how you counter it. 
call them out on it. If first of all, say, well, how is attacking me going to solve the issue? Just say it. I mean, be earnest about what you're trying to accomplish. It says, look, attacking me, calling me names is not going to be helpful. And remember, anytime they throw anything at you, that's really an attack on themselves. Remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And to every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Nothing comes from them that didn't start from within. If they're calling you ungrateful, then guess what? That's what they are. They're calling you a liar. Guess what? That's what they are. So understand that attack is really what they're saying about them. So you have a choice, call them out on it or just let it go. Now, argumentum at Veracunium, this is argument from authority. This means that just because you're a child or just because you are the child, that nothing you say has any weight. They're the parent. Therefore, what they say is true. And then, and then they believe this, that look, <laughs> I know a guy who was a gynecologist and he's been, he's been in the field for almost 20, probably 30 years now. And he says that his mother to this day, I think she has to be in like in her eighties, still will not believe anything he says because he is quote unquote, the child and <laughs> she is the adult. And I find that fascinating. So the argument they make here is that well, you're the child, I'm the parent, therefore I know better. <laughs> That's an argument from authority. Again, how do you deal with that? Call them out. I says, look, just because you're the adult doesn't make it right. Are you telling me you've been right about every single thing? Now, I'm pretty sure they've been right about a lot of things. And then I've been sh- I'm pretty sure you've been right about a lot of things. So tell them, argumentum at Veracunium, they might... They might say, what in the world is that? That's argument from authority. And it says, just because I'm not the parent doesn't mean my opinions aren't valid. You have to stand your ground with them. Another one is they try to control you argumentum at misericordium. And I had this little kitty cat looking at you. He seems all pathetic. Argumentum at misericordium means argument from emotion. That is, they'll, they'll try to reach out and squeeze your heart and squeeze every last drop of blood out of it. They'll say, well, I spent 18 good years of my life caring for you or this, that, and the other thing. Like they're really piling it on, right? And they're trying to appeal to your emotion, but that's not the best case to make decisions. And they'll try to make you feel guilty. It's like, if you try to assert your free will, let's say you want to move to another city and they'll say, but I, I spent like 18 years of your life, 18 years of my life taking care of you. How dare you move away from me? Because, and if something happens to me, it's going to be your fault. If you do this, then I'm going to kill myself. That's probably the most extreme example. And I've talked with other people about this. And one psychologist told me, chances are, if they're making that kind of claim, they probably won't follow through with it. The straw man. If you, if you ever try to talk some sense into your parents, chances are they will use the straw man argument. This is one, you you see this little scarecrow looking guy. He doesn't seem very threatening, does he? All you have to do is walk up to him and kick him over. That is the basis of a straw man argument. If you're bringing something to your parent and 
they don't have a strong argument for it, they will change the subject basically and present an argument that they can control. Now, I don't think I will be able to win a fist fight against a six foot three linebacker looking guy, but I can knock over a straw man very easily. And that's the thing. They know they can't win the argument against you. So they'll try to shift it to an argument that they can win. And all you have to do, I mean, I actually, um, someone did this to me when I was talking and they said, I mean, and all of a sudden they just blurted out, I'm entitled to my opinion. My response was, when did I say you weren't? And then I got the conversation back on topic. People with a straw man know they come from a weak position. So the way to deal with this is get the conversation back on topic. Simple as that. Now, equivocation or ambiguity. This is one where parents are constantly telling you one thing when in essence they mean something else. They're leaving out information. And they know you're going to misinterpret it. So when something comes up, they're going to bring it up to you. Now, I love this example. Uh, <laughs> in a relationship, let's say a person says, I don't want you talking to your ex. Okay. But then later on, that person finds out that this individual texted the ex, uh, was Instagramming the ex, Facebooking the ex. And then that person calls him or her out on it and say, didn't I tell you not to, not to talk to your ex? That person could say, well, you said don't talk to him. You didn't say don't text. You didn't say don't instant message. You didn't say don't Instagram. That's what equivocation means or equivocation. Rather, you're taking words and you're basically twisting them. And if you dealt with a controlling parent, then you've probably seen this before. They say something. Now it can work both ways. They're saying something and there's a double meaning. They're not letting you in on what's going on or they'll take what you say. They know what you meant, but again, they'll twist it around to fit their own confirmation bias. To Kurki, you too. This is one where you try to point out the flaws and you try to point out some of the issues that are going on in this relationship. And that parent will turn right around and point it right back at you and say, but you did this. This is the appeal to hypocrisy. It's one where you're trying to call someone out on something and then they try to get out of it by pointing the finger back at you. Well, you did this and that might be true. Okay. This isn't about whether this is true or not true. The problem is that you can never get to the heart of the matter if we keep talking about what I did. For example, if I'm talking to a controlling parent and they're saying, but you did this, I'm like, okay, maybe I did, but let's focus on this topic at hand. We can deal with what I did later on. That's how you deal with it. Okay. So you can talk to them about their shortcomings as a parent, but, but let's face it. We all have shortcomings, right? But if you point specifically a flaw that, you know, you're to this, you're to that, of course, they're going to turn it right back on you. And that can also be a form of straw man. It's like, okay, but you're this. And then they argue that point. Now, a false dichotomy. This is a situation where they pre present an either or you either you're either for me or against me. And they present the situation as if a third or fourth option doesn't exist. You only have two options. You either do this or you don't love me. 
and that's emotional manipulative. That's not true. Let's say you decide that you want to move to another state. And, and the person says, if you move to this state, then I'll disown you. Or another example would be, let's say if you want to marry someone and the parent says, well, if you marry this person, you're no daughter of mine. You're no son of mine. You don't love me or something like that. And that's a false dichotomy. This isn't an either or is, is they're basically making you choose. And most likely they're making you choose them. How can you marry this person? If you're married, this person, you're no son of mine. You're no daughter of mine. You move, you, you make, you, uh, you move to this state. You, you want to be whatever I want you to be to, uh, I want you to be a doctor, but you want to be a ballerina. Well, if that's the case, then again, you have no place here. And the way to get around that is to present a third option is to say, my choices do not ref my choices do not mean that I don't love you. If I marry this person is not an attack on you. If I move to the state, it's not an attack on you. Now understand you can say this and in their heart of hearts, they may even know you're right, but look, the ego is a great servant. You know, there are egos do serve a function. They're able to see, uh, they're able to see things as they are. They're able to call a spade a spade. However, when ego becomes the master, we can't see the forest for the trees. And as I said, they may even know you're right, but because of that hurt, because of that trauma, they force you down this false dichotomy. The way to get around that is to present a third option. Now, I just want to take a little time to talk about uh, the toxic people detox seminar. And this is a course that I've created six sessions. Each session is presented on a weekly basis. So session one, week one, we talk about finding yourself. Session two, how toxic people make you sick and fat. If you're dealing with toxicity, it's not just a matter of, oh, this person's annoying me. No, this can actually imp negatively impact your health as it did mine. Number th session three, week three, what makes you a target? Why is it toxic people just... It, it's like one of my friends said, I feel like I have the word sucker written across my forehead. And my response to that, yeah, I feel the same way. So what were we, what were we doing that made us a target? Some people are just more of a target more so than others. Number four, dealing with emotions, the smart way, how to read the situation and deflect it. Number five, the quote unquote, perfect toxic people detox diet. There's so many diets out there. You have the Mediterranean, Atkins, uh, ketogenic, paleo, vegetarian, vegan, so many diets. But how, to, how can you discern which one is right for you? Because not all diets work for everyone. Okay. And then the last session, healing the hurt when the damage has been done. Sometimes you're just done fighting. You just want to move on with your life. Okay. And as a bonus, I have these printable journals, the goals journal forever grateful. So your gratitude journal and I am, which means it's a, it's basically an affirmation journal and believe it or not, these seem like pretty simple concepts, but I would challenge you to try to write an affirmation and all of a sudden those negative thoughts about yourself come up. For example, I am worthy of love. I am worthy of being an autonomous human being. 
Okay, so there's an audio library when I talk about perseverance. So I have an audio library. I'm going to have live webinars. Hopefully it won't turn out the way this one does when I have to pre-record it on the fly. The printable journals, I have a launch coming up too smart for a boss virtual seminar. As I said in episode 36 of my podcast, that one of the ways you can deal with toxic coworkers is to understand that you have options. And so how do you create those options for yourself? And that's what too smart for a boss is. And then actionable steps and templates for each session and then lifetime access. So this seminar is actually $279, but for the webinar and for my podcast listeners, the special is $97. So there's the button below the video. Okay, moving on. Another way that parents would try to control is something we call ignoratio elenchi. What that means is uh, you have this young lady who's pointing and that's what that is. Hey, look over there. It's called the red herring argument. That is you're trying to bring something to the parent, but rather than listening, they kind of, def- they kind of themselves deflect. They tend to bring things up that have nothing to do with the conversation. So if you're talking about, let's say a career choice, then all of a sudden the parent will say, yeah, but so-and-so down the street is going to be a doctor or so-and-so down the street just got married and they're having kids and they're settling down. And it's like, what does that have to do with the conversation at hand? This is human nature in general. You're talking about something that is uncomfortable. And so when you bring that up, they try to divert the conversation. And again, the way to get around that, bring it back on topic. Don't let them detract from the conversation. Now, here's a big one. Controlling parents can control with money. If you are financially beholden to them, the way to get around that is simple, not easy, but simple, is free yourself as as soon as possible. I was in a situation where I moved back in with my dad. It, It didn't, it was like for two months. And you know, I talked about filing bankruptcy. So yeah, we hit those financial pitfalls and we might need a little help. But if you can, as soon as possible, pay them back. Now, what if you're not in a position to do that right away and it won't, and it'll be some time before you can pay them back or you can uh, free yourself financially. If that's the case, your options become limited at, at that point. I would say you might have to bide your time. And if possible, if you're in that situation, you might have to make some major changes in your life. Like, can you get an apartment and have a roommate? You know, with the way technology is, I think it's Airbnb and some of these other type programs where you can share lodgings and you might be on the move. You might, if you have a car note, you might need to sell it and get a little clunker just temporarily. I like the way Dave Ramsey said, if you want to live like no one else, you have to live like no one else. You have to be willing to make the hard choices, but you say, but it's too hard. Okay. Well then continue to live under the thumb of a controlling parent. Argumentum at baculum. This is called argument by force. You do it my way or no way. My, it's basically, it's my way, the highway It's threatening. If you don't fall in line with me, I'm going to stop giving you money. If you don't fall in line with me, I'm going to stop loving you. If you don't fall in line with me, then I'm not going to give you my affection or attention. And and they tend to withhold affection and their attention. 
And I've said in the podcast, it's actually quite insidious, but it's very effective from the parent standpoint. So there's, they force you into compliance. Remember, you are an adult. This is a particularly troublesome one because even as adults, we still desire the love and affection of our parents. I mean, why wouldn't we? Unless that bond had been already been severed, which leads me to number 11, gaslighting. This hands down is the one that I hate most. When I deal with people, if I know I'm being gaslit, the conversation is over. You know, I said about my students, I don't consider them toxic, but there is one that I do consider toxic. And this, this individual had a habit of gaslighting. And the minute I, and it, the first time it happened, it took me a while to figure out what was going on. But when I did, I said, oh, this conversation's over. What gaslighting is, let's say you and I are having a conversation. Let's say, uh, hey, I want to go to the movies and see Batman. And then I'll respond by saying, oh, you want to go to the movies to see Superman? And you're thinking, no, I, I, I said Batman. I'm saying, oh, no, no, you said Superman. And see, it's a silly example, but... What that does is now you're starting to question yourself. You're starting to lose your grip on reality. Wait, did, did I really say Superman? I could have sworn I said Batman. And when you take this on a much grander scale, when parents gaslight you, what they're doing is they're trying to destroy your self-confidence. I mean, if it hasn't been destroyed already, they're trying to destroy your decision-making process. They're getting you to question your ability to make a simple decision. Because many controlling parents don't think you are capable of making a simple decision. That's why they want to control, right? So how can you tell you're being gaslit? It might be difficult at first. Like I said, the first time it happened to me, it took a while. And I kept thinking, wait a minute. If you have to constantly ask yourself, did I say that? Did I think that? You're probably being gaslit. Okay. So the last thing, the best defense, this can guard you against many of the tactics that controlling parents use against you. And that is the need for approval or lack thereof. Here's what I mean. If you can free yourself from the need to get their approval, this takes care of pretty much everything I talked about. The reason why we continue, we, we endure these ad hominem attacks. We endure these ad vercunium attacks, these misericordium attacks, the uh, ad baculum attacks is because we, in our heart of hearts, we want their approval. We want them to say, good girl, good boy, even if we're 60 years old. But if you can say, hey, look, I love you, but I'm an adult. And maybe when I was six, it was essential for me to have that love, to have that approval. But if you're going to withhold it from me, if you're going to force me into a false dichotomy, then I don't need your approval. I'm strong enough to stand on my own. I'm confident enough not to need it. This is a tough one because this is where that affirmations journal comes in play. Some people, if, uh, if I tell you to look in the mirror and say, I'm worthy. You might think it's kind of a schmaltzy thing to do, but it's very powerful. I say, you don't believe me? Try it. How many people can look themselves in the mirror and say positive things about themselves? It's because we're so conditioned to think negatively, especially if you have a controlling parent. They want you to think that you can't make a choice. You can't live without them. You can. Happens all the time. 
They want you to question your grip on reality. And, and this is why I said the gaslighting one is the thing that I hate the most. I mean, it infuriates me because everything else is just, you're just attacking my character. Oh, Shayla, I, I think you're a terrible person. Okay, I don't care. But if you start getting me to question my grip on reality, I have a problem with that. So draw the line in the sand. You start telling yourself, this is what I'm going to put up with. If this person starts attacking me, all right, they're just words, but get the conversation back on track. Uh, you're a terrible person. Okay. That's interesting. Let's, let's get back on topic. You're just a child. What do you know? Well, who knows? Let's get back on topic. Hey, look over there. Okay. That's nice. Let's get back on topic. It's my way of the highway. No, there's some other options. Let's get back on topic. And that's what you have to do. You have to be firm because if you back down, you've lost. It goes without saying, right? And then if you try to reassert your free will, it's harder to do the second, third, fourth, fifth time around because that person knows all they have to do is just wait you out and they'll get you to back down again. So remember, I'm not, again, I'm not picking on parents per se. For better or for worse, regardless of your relationship, they were and always will be your parents. That's not going to change. No matter how loving they are, no matter how nasty they are, no matter how controlling they are, if you... You might have a parent. This is the best parent in the world. A parent is a parent. Make that decision. And then here's this image of two paths. Reminds me of Robert Frost. Two roads diverged in the yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one travel long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim. It was grassy and one at wear, but as for that, the passing there had really warned them about the same. And both the morning equally lay and leaves no step at trotting back. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I should be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in Yellowwood and I. I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. And I hope you take these things to heart. Go back. Look at the different ways. Now, these aren't the only ways that parents control. But in the course of an, of a discussion, these things tend to come up. These ad hominem attacks, ignoratio lynchy, ad baculum, false dichotomy. I hope that you all empower yourselves. And as I say in my podcast, until next time, I wish you peace in the midst of toxic people. Take care. Go to the toxic people detox dot com. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity.